Hi guys, welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. If you haven't already subscribed to my show, would you do me a huge favor at the beginning right here and subscribe? You can subscribe on your iPhone. You can go to Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe. You can subscribe on Spotify if you're on Android. Hit subscribe. You can go to YouTube and Rumble. Hit subscribe and hit the bell so that I can notify you whenever we have a new episode, a new interview, a new video. I greatly appreciate everybody who's been subscribing, so please keep it up. Keep it up. Okay, what are we going to talk about today? Well, the first thing we're gonna talk about today actually really annoys me. I am super annoyed that we have to talk about this. We are going to talk about the Trump, Yay, and Nicholas Fuentes dinner at Mar-a-Lago. I don't know if you guys heard about this story. The mainstream media has been going wild over it. President Trump apparently dined at Mar-a-Lago with the artist formerly known as Kanye West. Um, and Kanye brought with him Nicholas Fuentes, who is a known white nationalist. He's this young guy who has just a despicable ideology. And of course, the mainstream media is portraying Trump to be a white supremacist because he allowed Nicholas Fuentes into his home and had dinner with him. So we're going to talk about that, and I'm going to tell you why it annoys me so much that I have to talk about this. We're also going to talk about the fact that Apple is threatening to boot Twitter from their app store over free speech. And I just I just like to the record to show that I predicted that this would happen the day that Elon Musk announced that he was going to buy Twitter. I remember sitting here and talking to you and saying, this is great. I hope Elon goes through with this. I hope that the, the, the potholes that the left will inevitably place in the path of Elon acquiring Twitter, I hope that he sidesteps those. But I remember saying, sitting here and saying to you and saying to Elon, what are you going to do if Apple and Google decide to parlor you, decide to kick the Twitter app out of the app store and out of Google Play so that Android users and iPhone users have no access to this app? It is how the left successfully canceled parlor. And I want to talk about why Apple is doing this to Twitter right now. Um, I also want to talk about the RSV outbreak unrelated in any way to, to Twitter and to President Trump dining with yay at Mar-a-Lago. But the RSV outbreak, the mainstream media is telling us to be worried about this. I got to tell you, I have a young child. When I first started seeing headlines about this, I felt that maternal flutter of fear. Um, is this serious? Will this harm my child? I did some research. I'd like to share my research with you. So we are going to talk about that on the extended version of the show, you can go to lizwheelershow.com slash locals to hear all about what you need to know about RSV and what the mainstream media and the public health establishment are maybe not being quite, quite honest about. Shocker there, I know. So let's get to it. Okay, guys, I like Genucel and I want to tell you why. If you want your skin to look years younger, Genucel Skincare is the way to go. They have awesome products. That is a testimonial from April, who lives in Rockport, Illinois. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's actually that easy to look years younger with Genucel Skincare. I invite you to celebrate the holidays early with Genucel's most popular package. I got a great deal for you, 70% off at Genucel.com. Treat yourself to the only skincare products you'll ever need, finally. No more trying and failing and trying and failing. Genucel is so confident that you'll love your look. Every Genucel order has a 120-day money-back guarantee. And for a limited time, every most popular package includes, for free, Genucel's Hyaluronic Acid Correcting Serum. Another great deal. Genucel's delighted happy customers for years by treating tens of millions of everyday skin problems like wrinkles or dark spots, dry skin, sagging jawline, facial redness, 
Even those annoying bags and puffiness for men and for women just like you. And my personal favorite, the Immediate Effects product. Genucel guarantees results in as little as 12 hours or you can get your money back. Order at genucel.com slash Liz. Your most popular package includes a complimentary gift set plus, of course, free express shipping. If you use my URL, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Liz. Genucel dot com slash Liz. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Okay, I'm so annoyed that we have to talk about this. It really, really annoys me that we have to waste time on this show talking about President Trump dining at Mar-a-Lago with the artist formerly known as Kanye West, who apparently goes by Ye now. And Ye brought with him a known white supremacist or white nationalist by the name of Nicholas Fuentes. It annoys me that we have to talk about this for many reasons. So let's just break this down. What the mainstream media is portraying this story to be is that Trump is a white nationalist. They've accused Trump of being white supremacist, of being a racist for years. They think that they can use this example of Trump allowing a white nationalist into Mar-a-Lago as substantiation for that. Now we're sure Trump is a white supremacist. So let's answer this question. Does this make Trump a white supremacist? The answer to that is no. Trump has never been a white supremacist. He's never been a white nationalist. He's never been a racist. He's never displayed any tendencies or sympathies towards that disgusting, poisonous ideology. Does it reflect poorly on President Trump that he allowed Kanye West to bring Nicholas Fuentes to dinner at Mar-a-Lago? Of course. Of course it does. It was a stupid thing to do. Does it make Trump's team absolutely bananas idiotic that they didn't vet someone walking into Mar-a-Lago to find out who he was, it, it's actually bananas on many, on many levels here, not only on Trump's personal staff, on the Secret Service, that they would not have identified this individual before he walked in with Kanye West, but they just let him in because he was walking in with Kanye West. Idiotic and bananas. Does it make Trump an anti-Semite for meeting with Kanye West? Kanye West has been spouting these terrible anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and, and just outright anti-Semitism, really. Does it make Trump bad for meeting with him? I, I would actually say no, it does not make Trump bad for meeting with Kanye West, putting, putting the white supremacist kid aside. No, Kanye West is clearly a very troubled individual. And I know that it might be our first inclination to say, okay, he spouted something poisonous. He spouted something anti-Semitic. He's, he's associating himself with these evil viewpoints. We should just cancel him. We should ostracize him. But... Kanye West has displayed some serious mental health issues, and it seems to me that when someone has not dedicated their entire life and their entire ideology to evil, that they can still be saved. If that is what Trump was attempting to do with Kanye West, I don't hold that against him. I do think it's idiotic, and I cannot get past the fact that Trump's team did not vet Nicholas Fuentes. So should we condemn Kanye West or Ye's anti-Semitism? Of course, and we all do. What he's spouting is, is poisonous. It's anti-Semitism. Is Nicholas Fuentes evil? Is his ideology poisonous? The answer to that is yeah. 
of course, his ideology is poisonous, is anti-Semitic, it is white nationalist, and he's been ostracized to the far corners of political discourse in this country for a reason, because the vast, vast, vast majority of people on both sides of the aisle think that Nicholas Fuentes' white nationalist ideology is evil. It doesn't have a place in mainstream discourse. The only reason that he gets attention is because he um, he seeks it in 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 the showman way and showmanship. Like he went after Ben Shapiro's family, his wife and children when they were on a walk together and he filmed it hoping that video would go viral. Why did he do this? Because his ideology itself, there's no appetite for his, for Nicholas Fuentes' ideology in the mainstream public discourse of the United States. He can say what he wants to say on, on social media. He can say what he wants to say in articles. Nobody agrees with him. Everybody opposes what he stands for. So he pulls these stunts in order to try to get eyeballs on his ideology when his ideology would otherwise be rejected was he not doing these, these salacious or stunt-like things. So here's, here's my, my, my two thoughts on this. My two thoughts is I think some people are missing the point about why Kanye West brought Nicholas Fuentes. I know Kanye's in this space where he's vulnerable to influenced by these evil ideologies. I'm not sure who exactly is feeding him these ideologies. It doesn't seem like that he has been espousing these beliefs forever. So someone is clearly leading him towards these. I'm not sure who that is. I wish Kanye would step away from that. But it seems to me that Kanye's response to the outrage and the outcry, the condemnation that just about everyone has issued about his association, about Kanye's association with Nicholas Fuentes, his response shows us something that the left is unwilling to see and the right, for whatever reason, is missing the point. And that is, was, was, this, was this visit, was the reason that Kanye West brought Nicholas Fuentes to Mar-a-Lago, was that to intentionally sabotage Trump's reputation? Because Kanye's response to the backlash was especially when the Daily Wire, by the way, the Daily Wire spoke out against this, Ben Shapiro spoke out against this, and Kanye accused the Daily Wire of supporting Kanye's political opposition. So Kanye is viewing himself as a presidential candidate, a contender for the presidency. Nobody else in the country views him that way, but he views himself that way. And his response was to associate the Daily Wire renting their email list, which is something that a lot of conservative organizations do. They've rented their email list, I believe, to Trump, they said, and to DeSantis. But accusing the Daily Wire of just stumping for DeSantis as his opposition. So perhaps the purpose of Kanye West bringing Nicholas Fuentes to Mar-a-Lago was intentionally to smear Trump's reputation because he knows that's what the mainstream media wants to do, that they'll grab onto anything to try to portray Trump as being evil himself. When Trump said he didn't know who this kid was, Kanye West brought someone with him. He didn't look him up. He just let him in because he was a guest of Kanye. Was that Trump's error? Yes. Should he know better the next time? Certainly. But does that make Donald Trump a white supremacist? It does not. Does it show us, however, what hypocrites the left are? The answer to that is a resounding yes. Think about, think about the, the most anti-Semitic figures that we have encountered in modern American politics in the last, I don't know, two decades. Who are these people? These people would be Louis Farrakhan, one of the most rabid anti-Semites in our country with the biggest platform. He's called Jews Termites. Barack Obama associated with Louis Farrakhan. He had a picture. The Congressional Black Caucus actually hid a picture, deliberately hid a picture of Louis Farrakhan with Barack Obama when Obama was running for president in 2007, 2008, because they knew that his association with Farrakhan was so poisonous that it would turn voters off from voting for Barack Obama. 
Yet these individuals in the Congressional Black Caucus never condemned Louis Farrakhan's anti-Semitism. They actually attended, they invited him, Louis Farrakhan, to a luncheon, even though Louis Farrakhan has called Jews termites. Jeremiah Wright. Jeremiah Wright is the pastor. It was Obama's hometown Chicago pastor who said, God damn America. Did the left condemn Jeremiah Wright? No, they didn't. They distanced Barack Obama from him, made it seem like it wasn't a close connection, that Obama just attended that church but didn't associate with the ideology of Jeremiah Wright because they knew, again, that the anti-Semitism of Jeremiah Wright was not palatable to the American people because we, the American people, and both the left and the right, are not, the vast majority of us, anti-Semites. And now we have, of course, oh, by the way, Raphael Warnock, the senator from Georgia, has praised Jeremiah Wright. So this this attachment to anti-Semitism on the left, in the radical left, including members, elected members of the United States Congress, exists. We have Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, who are outright anti-Semites. They they espouse the BDS ideology, the boycott, divest, and sanction Israel ideology, which is an anti-Semitic ideology. They want to wipe away Israel's existence because it's the Jewish state of Israel. So are the left incredible hypocrites for pretending to be outraged that Trump unwittingly, perhaps stupidly, allowed Nicholas Fuentes into Mar-a-Lago, not knowing who he was or what he stood for, at the same time, at the same time, ignoring the left's embrace of prominent anti-Semites? Yes. The left are terrible hypocrites. And this, my friends, is why I'm so annoyed that I even have to talk about this, that you and I have to sit here and waste time on this show, breaking down exactly how we should think about what happened. This is why I hate all politicians. I often get asked, I often get asked, who's your favorite politician? Who do you look up to? Historically, who do you like? And I, sometimes I've even asked this when I'm at speaking gigs and I always stand behind the podium and I'm like, huh, how do I answer this? Because I literally don't like any of them. And I don't care if this makes me a cantankerous contrarian. I don't care if this makes me a, a, a critic, a crank, whatever you want to call me. I literally don't care. I Sure, I can, I can think of some positive things to say about certain politicians here and there. But in general, I don't care if you are on the right or the left. I do not trust you. And I do not trust you if you are a politician. I am fun, I aim all my skepticism. Think of beams of skepticism coming out of my eyes on every politician all the time. This is why. This is why, because politicians are hypocrites and or politicians are idiots. And this is how this is how we should think about this. This is why I'm so annoyed that we have to talk about this. Politicians are the worst. All right, now we're going to talk about something of a political battle that is wa- that is raging in our country right now and how we know by the actions of the left that our behavior is an existential threat to their ideology. We're gonna talk about that in a minute, but first I wanna talk to you about ExpressVPN. I like ExpressVPN because it keeps my family and my information safe when we're on the internet. There are a lot of creeps out there, both individuals and corporations, and if you go online without a VPN service, internet service providers can see every single website you visit, and then, They can legally sell this information without your consent to ad companies and tech giants who then use your own data to target you. If that's not creepy, I don't know what is. If you go online without ExpressVPN, if you will indulge this analogy, using the internet without ExpressVPN is like using the bathroom with the door open. No, 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 no. You wanna keep your business private. When you use ExpressVPN, you are private. 
Your internet service provider cannot see your online activity. Your identity or your family's identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server. Your data is also encrypted for maximum protection. And don't worry if you're not tech savvy, it is easy to use. You just fire up the app and you click one button. I like ExpressVPN because it protects my family and our personal information, keeps us safe when we are online. I suggest you secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash Liz today. I got a good deal for you. You can get an extra three months free if you go to expressvpn.com slash Liz, expressvpn.com slash Liz. Okay, so I want to just journey back a couple of days. Right after Thanksgiving, CNBC reported that a man by the name of Phil Schiller, you've probably never heard this name before. I had not heard this name before either. It's not a big deal. You will know who he is and the significance of his name in just a moment. CNBC reported that Phil Schiller deleted his Twitter account. Phil Schiller had a verified blue checkmark Twitter account that I don't believe he paid for. I don't think so, because I think he was verified before Elon rolled out Twitter blue. Phil Schiller is the administrator of the Apple App Store. So deactivating your verified Twitter account when you are a high-profile figure like that is a bit of a red flag. It's a bit of an indicator that something's coming down the pipeline here. So when I saw that report, I tweeted out, I said, if Apple and Google boot Twitter from their app stores, Elon Musk should produce his own smartphone. Half the country would happily ditch the biased, snooping iPhone and Android. The man builds rockets to Mars. A silly little smartphone should be easy, right? That's what I tweeted because I predicted from the very beginning, from the day that Elon Musk announced that he was going to try to acquire Twitter, I said, what's going to stop Apple and Google from trying to parlor Twitter 2.0 or Elon Musk's Twitter? Because that's all they did to get rid of parlor is they booted him out of the app store and none of us had access to that on our smartphones and parlor was left to die. What's gonna stop them from doing this? They are so threatened by free speech don't kid yourselves. It doesn't matter how big Twitter is. Apple and Google will do this. So after I tweeted that, I, I, I really wanted Elon Musk to um, understand the political enemy, the reality of the political enemy that we face so that we can adequately fight back. And he responded. He responded a moment later and he said, I certainly hope it does not come to that. But yes, if there is no other choice, I will make an alternative phone. This obviously made headlines, international headlines, because Elon Musk said that he would, he would challenge Apple and Google. He wouldn't let them parlor him. And the reason, I, I, I just want to clear one thing up here. The reason that I suggested this is not because I particularly want a parallel economy. I don't think it's a healthy thing for our country to have like Republican restaurants and Democrat restaurants and Republican amusement parks and Democrat amusement parks and Republican churches and Democrat churches and Republican uh, Republican smartphones and Democrat smartphones. I don't think that that's a healthy thing for a unified nation to do, to have this politically segregated society. But, but I do think it is critically important to demonstrate to the left that if they use woke corporations that might have a monopoly or a duopoly on the market, if they use those woke corporations as weapons to try to silence their political dissent while excluding competition from challenging them in the marketplace, that that must be broken up, must be broken up. And I could sit here and say, guys, we have to build something. 
we have to build a new smartphone. But I could not realistically threaten that because I don't know how to code. I don't have manufacturing capacity. That's not my skill set. So Apple would think nothing of it. But if Elon Musk, who builds rocket ships, Elon Musk, who's built companies, Elon Musk, who is running Twitter, if he says, I will build a smartphone to compete with you, that is a realistic threat. This is actually one of... um, one of the skill sets that Trump exemplified really well as president when he was negotiating with the left, he would make a threat to just walk away. And the threat and, and the left actually believed him because Trump really was willing to walk away from deals versus walking away with a bad deal. Walking away with a deal, but a bad deal. And most, most Republican politicians, that's not true. Most Republican politicians, if they threaten to walk away, no one believes them because we know that they're going to cave because they're squishes and they'd rather have some kind of compromise and claim that it's better than nothing. But no one really believes their, their threat to, to just walk it away. But they believe Trump. And in this case, they should believe Elon because he has the knowledge, he has the capacity, and he, he, he can do this. He could actually challenge the iPhone and the Android in the marketplace, which would put Google and Apple not at risk, but they're duopoly at risk. This is, this is critically important. This realistic threat should be a deterrent to Apple and to Google from weaponizing the App Store and Google Play against an app just because they don't like how Elon Musk is prioritizing free speech on that app. Really, really important. So of course, fast forward a couple of days, and Apple does threaten to boot Twitter from the App Store. Actually, yesterday, a, a writer for Verge tweeted to Elon Musk and said, is Apple threatening Twitter's presence in the App Store or otherwise making moderation demands? And Elon Musk said, yes. So, of course, the a question immediately after that, well, what, which is this? Are they threatening to boot Twitter from the app store, are they making moderation demands? Because that's how they got Parler. They pretended that the that those who participated in the more violent parts of January 6th had coordinated that violence on Parler and that Parler's moderation system had not stopped that, um, that conspiracy to commit violence. They claimed that that was negligent and that Parler had no system to prevent such conspiracy to commit violence from happening again. They said they don't allow that. Um, Their terms of service prohibit that. You must have a moderation system. That was their fairly weak justification, not fairly weak, their absurd justification for kicking Parler out of their store. It turns out, of course, that it wasn't on Parler where those who did commit violence on January 6th um, discussed it. it. It wasn't on Twitter either. It turns out it was on Facebook. But you don't hear Google and Apple threatening to kick Facebook out of their app stores because Facebook is a woke company itself. And you know, it wasn't, it wasn't actually the discussion that was being had on Parler um, or the discussion by people who participated in the January 6th stuff that Apple and Google really cared about. It was the fact that it could have provided an alternative uh, in the marketplace to a Twitter who at the time was censoring conservatives and silencing conservatives. So Elon clarified, by the way, later on, which Apple was threatening to do. Are they threatening moderation? Are they threatening to kick uh, Twitter off the App Store? He said, Apple has also threatened to withhold Twitter from its App Store, but won't tell us why. Won't tell us why. Well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you exactly why. And there's a reason Apple's not going to give any kind of justification. They have no justification. But the reason is because Apple is woke and the left are Marxists. And 
all kinds of, by the way, all kinds of blue check marks are buzzing me on Twitter right now for saying that Apple is woke and serves the Marxist ideology. And let me be very clear here. Apple is woke and serves a Marxist ideology. And we will talk about exactly how that works, exactly how that works. And the reason that Apple, woke Apple, has to do this, they have to deplatform Twitter, is because free speech is an existential threat to the Marxist ideology. Period. The Marxist ideology will not succeed in our country, in the United States of America, if free speech reigns on Twitter. And we're going to talk about why in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about this awesome new app that I've been using. It's called Upside. And I've been using it because inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. I mean, you fill up your car with gas, and you look at how much it costs, and your mind just explodes. You try to eat out with your family, and you can barely afford it. Our grocery bill, my husband and I, I showed him our grocery bill the other day, and we were like, this has literally doubled in the past couple of years. It's terrible. But this is why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who is buying gas or groceries or dining out out and seeing how expensive everything costs. With every purchase, I actually earn cash back thanks to Upside. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's not. I've used it. It works. All you have to do to get started is download the free Upside app. It is free. A lot of people ask me that. If you use my promo code Liz5, you can get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Here's how it works. You claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You just check in at the business. You pay as usual, the way you would with a credit card or a debit card. And then you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. So join me, download the free Upside app and use promo code Liz5 to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more if you use my promo code Liz5. But first, you have to download the free Upside app. Highly recommend it. Okay, it should come as no surprise to us that woke Apple has to deplatform Twitter because the left has in their direct object the establishment of Marxism in our country. And free speech is an existential threat to Marxism. We have seen this over the course, most, most, the best example of this, the best examples of this have happened over the past two, three, four years. We'll start with critical race theory. What is critical race theory? Critical race theory is a neo-Marxist theory. It stems, it's the grandchild of critical theory, which was was a Max Horkheimer concocted Marxist, cultural Marxist ideology crafted at the Frankfurt School in Germany and then imported to the United States. Critical race theory, the left tried to cancel us conservatives and parents, not even, not just conservative parents, liberal parents too, who didn't want their children being taught that if you're white, you're racist. If you're black, you're oppressed automatically, inherently, irredeemably. The left tried to cancel us and silence us and censor us from saying this. They tried to gaslight us and tell us that critical race theory just meant teaching history and including in history, the history of slavery in the United States. That's not what critical race theory is. But the left couldn't handle the truth. Free speech was the nail in the coffin of critical race theory in the public school system in the United States. And then we move to the transgender ideology, queer theory. What has Twitter, and and other big tech platforms, but Twitter specifically, what have they banned us from saying, at least until Elon Musk? They banned us from saying that there are only two genders that correlate with biological sex, male and female. There is no gender spectrum. There is a gender binary. It's not how you identify, it's what you are. it's, It's sex essentialism. 
We weren't allowed to say that. Why? Because the transgender ideology is, is underpinned ideologically by queer theory. Transgender ideology is actually the outgrowth of queer theory. What is queer theory? Queer theory is a neo-Marxist ideology that has in its direct object the breakdown of the American family by assaulting children, by assaulting gender, by tearing apart the nuclear family unit, which is essential, critical to the survival of our nation. So the left tried to silence us and censor us from exposing the reality. But once we did, that was the straw that broke the camel's back of queer theory. Across the aisle, parents do not want their children indoctrinated with queer theory. And then we have COVID, COVID-19. The government used this virus as justification to lock us down, deprive us of our right to go to church, deprive us of our right to provide for our families. They shut down our businesses. They forced us to mask. In some cases, they forced us to take a vaccine we didn't want or else risk losing our jobs and our ability to provide for our families. They set themselves as not only the experts, but the quote-unquote experts who couldn't be questioned. They forbade dissent because what was their goal? Their goal was to leverage absolute power over every aspect of our lives. Why? Because the left has in direct object the establishment of Marxism in our nation. And so what did the left do? They didn't want us to talk about how public health officials, how politicians, how Dr. Fauci lied to us. They didn't want us to know that Deborah Burks made up data to justify shutting down the United States. The 15, minute, the 15 days to slow the spread wasn't based on anything. Her desire, her convincing the Trump administration to ex, ex, and governors across the nation, because it was states that implemented that, to extend that lockdown wasn't based on data. It was based on what she wanted to do to us. This is government control. This is tyranny. This is authoritarianism based on the desire by the left to impose Marxism on us. So they didn't let us talk about the COVID vaccine. They didn't let us talk about, they didn't let us talk about how masks were ineffective. They didn't let us criticize the vaccine, even with scientific fact. They censored us. They silenced us because free speech is an existential threat to the Marxist agenda. Same with election integrity. The left does not believe the American people will vote for the Democrat candidates if the truth about what ideology and agenda the Democratic candidates stand for is laid honestly before the voters. And so what does the left do? They electioneer. They rig elections. They take away the opportunity for people to actually participate in our own self-governance because they don't respect us. They don't respect our voices, our opinions, our beliefs, our faith, our families, our votes. They believe they know better. They believe we are lesser than them. They believe they have a right to dictate our lives. Why? Because the left holds a Marxist ideology. They want to impose that Marxist ideology on us. And so they censored us. We're not allowed to talk about election integrity on, on social media platforms. We'll be censored, silenced. Our tweets and, well, I don't know now under Elon Musk, but our Facebook posts, our Instagram posts, our YouTube videos will be pulled down and censored. In fact, this part right now, we had to bleep it out on YouTube because YouTube would otherwise take it down. Free speech is an existential threat to the Marxist agenda. Elon Musk recognizes the reality of the political enemy that we are facing. And he's not bending a knee. I don't idolize 
any public figure. I don't elevate people to pedestals. I, it's not a natural inclination of mine. I've never fangirled over anybody. I, I, I just don't have it in my bones. I, as I mentioned before, I generally dislike and distrust every politician on both sides of the aisle. I refuse to dub anyone as a savior except for Jesus Christ. But I am proud of Elon Musk for not bending a knee to this woke mob that has in their direct object the establishment of Marxism in our country. Free speech is a existential threat to their agenda, and he is not backing down. I hope he knows how many of us are standing behind him, how many of us are supporting him, how many of us have been fighting this fight in our, the way that we can fight best for so long, and how welcome he is to fight next to us in the way that he is best able. I think if he hasn't already, I think that he is going to be surprised and heartened encouraged and thrilled to see the extent of the support that he will, that he is receiving from all of us who are fighting this fight. But here's the thing. Here's the bigger picture here. Here's why all those blue check marks who are buzzing me on Twitter for saying that woke Apple is serving a Marxist agenda. Let's unpack this because I don't say that without substantiation. You know me guys, I don't say things to be bombastic. I say things when I have facts and evidence to back it up. So let's back up for a second. We talk often about ESG, don't we? Environmental, social, and governance metrics. ESG is a social credit score system that was designed by Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. ESG is used by the banking institutions in our country. This is not something that has not yet come here. This is on our shores. This is embedded in our nation. ESG is used by banking institutions to rate companies specifically on their behavior. And when I say their behavior, our understanding in a free market capitalist society of a business is that the business serves the interests of their shareholders. And they serve the interests of their shareholders by serving their customer base. Their shareholders seek profit, so their customer base needs to be happy in order to continue to, to exchange in a contractual way for good money, for goods and services with this company, which then profits the company. And it's a mutually beneficial system, right? It's one of the great things about capitalism, about a free market, is it benefits everyone. The only time that it's this this, this beast, this strong beast eating the, eating the weak is when there's corruption, when there's law breaking, when there's monopoly, when there's, there's government regulations that make the playing field unfair. But true free market capitalism is a mutually beneficial system. Someone brings goods and services to the market, another person contracts for those goods and services, both people get what they need. Well, what Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum wanna do is they wanna pervert this system. Instead of businesses focusing on their shareholders, meaning on their customers and their employees, instead of businesses focusing on profit, they want businesses to focus on politics. They want businesses to factor into their, their business decision politics, but not just politics, radical leftist political agenda items. And they call this ESG, environmental, social, and governance metrics. So these environmental, social, and governance metrics rate businesses. They give them an actual score on how well they're serving these, these interests, these radical leftist agenda items that fall under the header of ESG. This all plays into Apple, I promise. This, is, this, is exa this explains why Apple 
is doing what they're doing to Elon Musk, even if it won't serve the interests financially of their company. Because that's always the head scratcher, right? When these companies make decisions like Disney, when Disney made the decision to double down on their queerness agenda that they were inserting into children's programming, they just had a, a new movie, Disney just had a new movie that had a, a, a gay character that was supposed to be non-binary in the original script of the film. This, this LGBTQ ideology-ridden movie that lost like $100 million because it was woke. This is not something that Disney's customer base wanted. So the creation of this movie, the business decision by Disney to create this movie and bring it to the marketplace wasn't in the best interest of Disney's shareholders. It was actually, I would argue, a breach of fiduciary duty to bring a product like this to marketplace when they know that customers are going to reject it. So why? Why does Disney do that? Why is Apple threatening to kick Twitter out of the app store if, if, if it's going to tick off half of the people who own iPhones, half of the people being conservatives and Republicans and other people who want free, who believe that free speech is as critical as free speech is to the survival of our nation. The answer to that question is ESG. Because these types of decisions, business decisions, impact the ESG score that's assigned to their company. So when Disney prioritizes a certain number of LGBTQ characters in their films, or Apple protects the LGBT community, or I don't even know what their justification is, honestly, for uh, neither does Elon Musk, because they didn't tell him, for trying to kick Elon out of the store, they have behind them some kind of ideological motivation that will ultimately impact how they are rated on this ESG score. And it's important to them what their ESG score is, because the entire system, the ultimate goal of the ESG system is to control access to capital that companies that have a high ESG score will have easier access to loans from investment firms, they will have, they will have um, better interest rates from banks, and companies with low ESG scores might even be denied the opportunity to take out a loan. They, the, the goal of the ESG system is to control access to the marketplace by controlling access to capital based on an analysis of whether companies and individuals running the companies are serving a radical leftist political agenda. When you look at it through this perspective, when you look, when you step back and you look at the decision that Apple is making and you think that does not serve their shareholders, that does not serve the profit incentive of their company, why would they be doing this? And then, you think how Tim Cook is thinking at Apple. You think about how their board is thinking. They're thinking through the view of ESG. It all starts to make sense. And what is the ultimate goal of ESG? Look at the man who devised this system, Klaus Schwab. What is his, what is his goal? His goal is a system that he calls stakeholder capitalism versus the shareholder capitalism that, that exists right now in the United States. Stakeholder capitalism is essentially the government or governments. It's like the Chinese Communist Party version of capitalism, actually. That's the best way to describe it. Where the Chinese Communist Party doesn't own the means of production and distribution. The Chinese Communist Party doesn't, um, doesn't force businesses to be owned by anybody and nobody. It's not outright socialism. It's not outright communism. But even if the government doesn't own the industry, own the economy, they control it. 
they control it. And that is the ideology of Klaus Schwab. That is the ideology of the ESG system that exists in our country that motivates companies like Disney or Apple to make the decisions that they are making. They are making decisions based on their fealty to a Marxist ideology. All you have to do is look at what these ESG metrics are to see that they are in fact aligned with a Marxist ideology and transforming an economy and a country into a Marxist country. China's already doing this. They're already doing it with their social credit score system. The end goal of the corporate ESG system that we are facing right now in the United States is an individual ESG system where each and every person, you and I and everyone we know, are rated based on our adherence to a radical leftist ideology. It is happening right now in China. The left doesn't want to talk about it. They claim that we're engaging in conspiracy theories. Well, we're not, but the left is engaging in conspiracies. Look it up for yourself. The end goal of this is individual ESG. It all makes sense why free speech is such an existential threat to the left, because it's an existential threat to the left's agenda, which is Marxism. And these woke corporations won't stop. This is why the mainstream media and the left and Democrats and Apple and everyone else who adheres to the radical leftist ideology will keep coming for Elon Musk. But Elon, do not bend a knee, stand strong. Free speech is more critically important in this nation than it ever was. And we greatly appreciate you standing alongside us in this fight. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.